Welcome to the Brandon Bloom Podcast, the place to be to learn how to grow your business's visibility online organically. I'm your host, Liz Fleming. Let's dive right into this new episode. Hey, hey, Bloomers. Welcome back to the Brandon Bloom Podcast. I have an awesome guest for you this week. I'm so excited to introduce you to Kelsey Chapman. Kelsey is an author, community builder, online educator, and host of her own podcast, The Radiant Podcast. She wholeheartedly believes dreams are worth pursuing and is passionate about teaching women how to walk with purpose in their gifts. Yes. (laughs) And live from a place of identity and rest. Also, yes, (laughs) all so that they can carry their dreams and vision for the long haul. Kelsey, welcome. Thank you so much for having me today. I'm really excited to be here. Yeah, sorry. I mixed up your last name and your first name. I wanted to call you Chelsea. (laughs) I've been answering to Chelsea my whole life, so it's fine. It has a flow. Kelsey Chapman. Okay, Liz, get it together. So I'm so excited to have you on. Um, Your story is so unique, and I know you shared a bit with me on, you know, we've talked and all that jazz, but my audience doesn't really know you. So I would love for you to give us an introduction. Tell us about who you are, what's your story, how you started, when you started, all that jazz. Yeah. So I'm Kelsey. I'll try to give the brief lowdown of who I am, (laughs) but I am a marketer, a creative. I, um, podcast. I have a book coming out in February. And so I kind of have been living and existing in this online space for about five years now. I got into it because I wanted to write books one day and I have dreamt of being a a writer since I was a little girl, but I quickly looked around and gathered, okay, if I want to be traditionally published, I need a platform because a publisher is taking a bet on me to sell books if they give me an advance or if they pay for the production of my book. So I just got really strategic. I put my head down and I started building and fast or rewind back to even high school. And I had teachers say, you've got to go into marketing. You've got to go into marketing. And I'm like, no, I'm going to go live in a village and do like, you know, impactful work. And I did, I went and lived in, I've, I've lived in Peru for a summer. I've gone through a program in Africa and programs that were not just kind of when helping hurts programs, because I'm Mm. very aware of that. Um, but, but, but programs that really, um, were, local focused, empowered locals to be leaders in their own communities. We were not trying to be anything but a supporting role at times. And it was really powerful, but I kind of got there and realized, oh, I actually think I am supposed to be stateside and unleash my creativity in more of the business sector and maybe be a bridge because it takes money to do impactful things. So maybe I can go back home, make some money, help build a bridge and help fund some of these impactful endeavors. And I came back home and I, I, I dove in. I mean, I really put my elbow grease into learning everything there was to know about marketing, everything there was to know to build a platform, to bring people over to my online home and encourage them, nurture them, condition them to think of me as their person, their go-to person, which that sounds kind of schmoozy condition, but you know what I mean? Build a relationship um, with an expectation and where they could expect me to deliver words that would impact them. And so I started sharing everything I learned with my friends first, you know, I had built some friends 
in my space in my small hometown of Murfreesboro, Tennessee, would be in Nashville all the time as well. And would just tell all my friends everything I knew because I love to learn something and then I love to teach it. Um, not to teach it to make money, but to teach it so that person can get ahead too, because I really do believe like a rising tide lifts all boats. We hear a lot of people say that these days and not everyone means it, but I really do believe it. Like if I'm going to go to the top, you're coming with me, but if you get there first, you better bring me. And so, um, I started sharing everything I knew and over the years that format of sharing has been a common thread, but I've had a few different businesses. I've had a few different iterations of how I help people with marketing. And it's been a really fun journey. I also started my podcast just as a space to have encouraging conversations with other creatives so that listeners could be reminded like, Hey, the messy middle is a real thing. And a lot of times it gets harder before it gets better. And we all go through this. And then I finally, after, you know, two and a half years of really putting my head down, got a book deal, really maybe three years. I started working on the proposal at like the two and a half year mark mm-hmm. and I've been writing it for two years now and it is yes. finally out in February. So kind of the full circle moment. I love it. And I find your story is fascinating, especially because of how quickly you grew. I'm so intrigued by, um, and I know that's something a lot of people want to hear about, but five years is impressive. Like that is insane. So you guys, she, Kelsey has an engaged audience of a hundred thousand followers and it's really incredible. The content she creates, I highly encourage that you go check out her Instagram, her Facebook. She's a Facebook group, um, her podcast too. It's all just an accumulation of Kelsey's craft. And I would love to hear from you kind of how you did that? Like I'm, I mean, I'm still a new business owner too. And a lot of our, my listeners are as well. I'm only, you know, full-time about three years in and, you know, great traction. And I feel like a lot of my listeners and my clients resonate with that. You know, they've been doing this for a couple of years and they're kind of waiting to see what's going to happen. And they're trying all these things and they're just not sure. Um, I know for me, systemization has been next level, you know, in terms of marketing, making sure that you're getting leads, not just followers and all that jazz. But are you like, do you have any tips for us? (laughs) Yeah. So I, so I, A, was able to build because growth strategy was my first iteration of a business. I ran an Instagram growth agency. Got it. I started with content curation, but really started honing in on followers and served over 500 clients, like had my hands on their accounts. Hands would hurt up to my elbows every single day (laughs) until I started bringing in some help. Um, But it was all me. You know, I was watching vampire diaries and on Instagram (laughs) for nine hours a day. That was my life the first year of my business. Um, But I had learned how I could grow at that time. And now you can really only grow with ads. Um, I learned how I could grow and then just put my head down and did it. And there was a cost. I would not recommend my work style for that season of life. Um, But I was able to grow and I was able to help other people do it because I really care about the underdog. You know, most of us don't have $100,000 to spend on ads. And almost every Instagram educator out there teaches a strategy like content curation or have people comment for you, but they're also running $600,000 
dollars of ads a year. And they're, they're not saying that they might say it in passing in another interview or something, but Mm -hmm. when they're sitting there in their Instagram training, they're not saying create a beautiful feed. And I run $600,000 of ads. And so I really got in it for the underdog like me who was building my platform on a budget. My husband and I kind of made an agreement of like, look, just don't get us in debt, but you can like go ahead and spend the money if you're going to make it back. Like mm-hmm. that was kind of our agreement. And that would be the same for, for him. If he was building a business, you know, don't put us in financial danger, but build your dream, but make the money back. <laughs> and so that's kind of how I got into it. And that's what I wanted for my clients. I wanted them to be able to grow and have opportunity, but not feel like they needed to put Facebook ads on their credit card. <laughs> and so totally. same. Um, I was able to grow. Um, and now that shifted a lot these days, Instagram is rewarding community over everything. And honestly, that's where I really slacked for a little bit. I got really burnt out growing my agency. I served 50 clients on any given month. And the last thing I I cared about at the end of my day was Instagram. And so my, my actual Instagram engagement took a hit because I didn't show up for almost two years. I built it Mm. and then kind of dipped out. Um, because I was really tired and I will never regret that because my soul needed rest. Um, I wouldn't exactly call that season rest, but rest, I, I, you know, everyone's like, be on Instagram, be on Instagram all the time. And I was like this, I, I need to be with people around my table actually. And so my, my engagement took a hit because I wasn't there building community. You know, I, I was talking to someone on my team recently and I was like, you know, now that I think about it, I've really just proactively started showing up on stories and my engagement is lower than it should be. Mm. Because when I kind of took a two-year break from Instagram, stories wasn't even a thing yet. So by the time I came back and decided I need to story every day, it's like, oh, my, my algorithm is not conditioned to think I'll show up there. So it doesn't always show people that. And so I will still always say, take the break if you need the break. And that is what I needed to keep going. Um, but Instagram does reward community builders. They don't want you to set it and forget it on a schedule. I think you still can schedule, although you, mm-hmm. I, I'm at least about to try taking my content off of a schedule and posting it myself. I mean, it'll be on a schedule, but not automated Yeah, and see if that changes things, but they reward saves and shares over likes and comments. Mm-hmm. Um, And they reward you showing up on your stories when your posts go live and not one story, but like a series of eight. And so later con actually just did a free event that like, you can literally pop in Google right now, later con 2020, you can subscribe for their free event. And they had incredible content all around Instagram engagement. And it was, it was really helpful for me. And I did this for five years. So Yeah. When I have guests on the podcast who have really breathtaking followings, it's always a question that I ask, you know, because my clients are always like, how do I get the followers and what do I do? And, you know, as a marketing mentor myself, I also root for the underdog like you and I do everything organically. Like I know that ads are out there and that they work if you have the budget, but there's so much more you can do before you start throwing money at stuff. And it's, it's exactly what you said. It's the stuff like community and focusing on quality over quantity and just showing up consistently. And what's unique about your story is 
you were an early adopter, you know, like you started your account and you learned all this stuff, even if it was just for clients and your profile was kind of on the back burner for a bit, you were in that space early. And that's something that I've advocated for, for a long time with my listeners and my clients and my students. It's don't hesitate, like just get in there and use these platforms for what they're meant for. Right. Totally. And I mean, a big part of that though is ego. It's very vulnerable to be an yeah. early adopter. Cause you're oh my like, God. what if my friends get on here and find my early adopter content? And I, <laughs> you know, don't nail those reels. Like I still haven't done a reel because I'm so nervous. You I know? Don't really, yeah. I don't really get reels. I'm like, there's, there's something missing in here. You know, like they're trying to like compete with TikTok, but TikTok is obviously better. I just, I don't get it, but I, I love know. Instagram TV anyway. <laughs> yep. I know. I mean, they're going to prioritize video over, over everything yeah. right now. So I'm trying, but I also am trying to take off the pressure to do it right this second. Like mm-hmm. give yourself some space. If you need oh to, God, yeah. in. I go to, I went to film a reel the other day and I was like, no, my energy is just off today. Yeah. And I'm not forced this and I don't have to, why am I making my life about, I've got to film that reel. And so, I know. you know, it's challenging. Yeah. And you probably, like hear about that a lot in your business with your, with your coaching and your mentorship, you know, your whole, the whole premise of your business is going from dream to done. And there's so much in that middle, like you were saying, the middle mess that people have to overcome. And when it comes to marketing, I know the biggest middle mess for, for that is just those comparison traps that people fall down constantly. And they, they just kind of shy away from even getting involved because they feel so behind already. Do you have any tips for that, that you would give someone that came to you and was like, listen, I I'm struggling here and I don't feel worthy. What would you, what would you recommend for something like that? Well, first, uh, I've been there, you know, uh, (laughs) I just normalize it because I think like, there's no way we can be on this journey and not fall into comparison here and there. Now, Mm. if you find yourself there, like, let's climb out of that. But I, I mean, a, it's normal. B, we often compare our middle to people's ends. We're watching a documentary about Steve Jobs. Now, we all know he was a monster at times, but highly creative. You know, yep. we're looking at Walt Disney. We're looking at these people that have these epic lives, but we have their whole life to look at. Not, right. you know, three years of running their business or five. I'm relatively new at this too. You know, five years is such a small pocket of my life. And so there's so much more ahead. Um, I think honestly, finding some mindset people, whether you can invest in a coach or just find an Instagram account that reminds you with the little quote graphics every day. Yes. I personally have worked with Kate Crocco for years. She's mm-hmm. one of my best friends, but she wrote a book called thinking like a boss and mindset is everything. I also, you know, we'll talk about this, but I'm a big believer in mentors in general, but also peers that will rally for you and that you can hop on Voxer and be like, Kate, I need you today. I'm like running on empty. I'm really disappointed in my engagement today. That was my Vox to her the other day. Just find one or two people who get it. Cause I'll be honest, when I got started, my best friends in my hometown were like, what do you do online? Is that a real job? Is that a hobby? Oh, and I'm like, uh, it's paying my mortgage. So <laughs> I'd say we're fine. <laughs> oh my gosh. It's so true. And that's what I kind of want to segue to now. You 
we're like, we're not meant to do any of this stuff alone in life and business. Like we are programmed for connection. And that's why things like peers and mentors are pivotal to your business growth, just to living a good, happy life. So when did you kind of start your mentorship journey? Like when did you start seeking mentors as a business owner? Oh man. Well, if anyone knows me, they know like I'm a friends type of girl. I'm an input type of girl. Mine always go with your input, but I like input. <laughs> and so I've always sought that out just in my personal life as well. You know, I'm an only child. So I've always had a gazillion friends over on weekends because I don't have siblings. My friends are my siblings, you know? And then as I got older and I started looking around and I was like, wow, that woman's like crushing it in her career or that woman's crushing it in her marriage. And I kind of want a marriage like that. She might not have a career, but she enjoys her relationship. So I can learn from that one department. And I think it first started with removing expectations of someone being everything for me. You know, a lot of my mentors really crush it in one facet of their life. And that is what I've asked them for input in. And I can chew the meat and spit out the bones on anything that doesn't really resonate or line up with my life, you know? Um, So when I got into my career, it was really natural for me to look for that in this space as well. Cause I, I literally would be in college. It'd be like, wow, I really, I remember (laughs) sitting down with, um, this lady who's like changed my life named Harriet and be like, would you want to get coffee regularly? Like, I know this is weird. It sounds kind of like a date, but like, I don't even need anything like tangible from you. Like, I just want to learn from you, but like through relationship, like I'll buy your coffee. Can we just get coffee twice a month? Probably sounded super weird, but I just put myself out there. So again, when I got into the online space, it became super natural for me to look for that. Obviously in the online space, that tends to look more like a paid format. And so I did put my money where my mouth was, but I still looked for highly relational coaches that really went beyond just a coach into a life mentor for me. Mm -hmm. So for me, Amber and Anne are my girls, Mm -hmm. Amber McHugh and Samoyla found them early on. They're both incredible. And you can feel their openness and you can feel their generosity. Um, And I knew their programs were what was right for me. Um, I I think we all have different needs. Um, And I needed women to show me how to be generous in this online space because there's a very prominent trend of, you know, giving you the tip of the iceberg in your session or your course or your program, but I'll withhold the best stuff for my $20,000 mastermind. And I, I don't want to operate my business like that. And I definitely know there's sometimes those $20,000 masterminds actually just qualify the people around you so that you have peers that are at your same place um, in your business. But at the same time, I just needed people how to show me how to operate my business with generosity in a in a space that can sometimes be pretty withholding. And mm-hmm. so I found my people and I say all the time, y'all are stuck with me for life. I love you so much. <laughs> and um, I won't ever be a stage five clinger. And I do think that's important because like, we all know the people in those programs who are the loudest, the neediest, contribute the least, but take the most. Yeah. If you want superstars to invest in you, you can be that girl, you know? And mm-hmm. so I also have always sought to give back to my mentors. Amber and do y'all need help with Instagram? I, I helped both of them with their Instagram for a season. And 
they didn't ask for that, but I wanted to serve them because of what they were giving in me and how much they were propelling my career forward with their investment. So big fan of mentorship and just investing in yourself, you know? Hell yeah. And you know, what's so important here is I am a huge advocate for you know, if you're a business owner, you have to be self-educated, self-motivated, but that doesn't mean you have to do everything alone. And you're a prime example of that. But what's really critical here, you guys, is that Kelsey didn't just seek mentor. She put in the work, you know, she was constantly educating herself and experimenting and taking risks. And that (sighs) is required for being a business owner and wanting to grow your business. Right. Oh yeah. And sometimes those risks or experiments are like totally botched or failed. Yeah. <laughs> um, one thing I've really been liking to follow one of my, I take all the personality tests. One of my tests was like, you're made for sampling things. And that is very true of my career. I'll try on a hat for us, especially in seasons of transition. This season, I feel pretty firm on like my direction for the foreseeable future, but for the past year and a half, you know, my Instagram business disappeared overnight with one algorithm change. Mm -hmm. I could pivot, but I did not want to move into ads. And so I I knew it was time to close up shop and just send them on to an ads manager because that is not my sweet spot. It's, It's too stressful for me playing with that kind of money. And so I closed up shop and I just sampled a lot for a year. I coached, I built websites. I did marketing strategy. I did course creation strategy. I built a ton of courses because I had experience building my own courses. I sampled a lot of options right in the middle, right when people would have thought I was doing great and financially I was doing fine, but I wasn't feeling like, man, I just know exactly what I want to do. And with that sampling thing shook out to be like, oh, okay, here's my sweet spot. I really enjoy this. These are some gaps in the market where I can create an offer that's a solution for the gap. And so, again, you might be 10 years into your career and have a total reinvention. I just reinvented myself last year and I get it. And so I think we all have failed experiments. I just um, did something this year that I was like, okay, I did seven of those and I'm not doing any more. Like I built seven of the same iteration of the same event and that's not for me. Like I'm miserable doing it. Great money fills a need, but it's not for me. And so again, there will be failed experiments and failed risk, totally. but it's all part of it. Yeah. And you learn from it all. That's kind of the, the silver lining of that. Anything, you know, nothing's going to be perfect. And anything that goes wrong is a learning experience. There is no fail. It's just, you're learning from it. And that's totally. so critical. So how did you kind of pivot in I mean, A, this year has been not so McGillicuddy, Um, but B, like just the ever-changing online business landscape, it's, you know, it changes every second of the day when you're looking at things. I mean, just like social media changes every second of the day, but there's so much more that goes into growing an online business than just social media. So how are you pivoting and kind of keeping your ears to the ground in that regard? think probably similar to you being in marketing helps me because you know yeah what's next you know what's yeah. coming or you kind of you're aware you're like oh yeah you know what to look out for 
four people are doing summits in COVID. Oh, now 40 people are doing summits in COVID. You know, mm-hmm. maybe I'll look into the summit thing. Um, all events have been taken online, you know? And so I'm always looking at like, what are people doing? Oh, I like that email sequence. I'm going to save that in my launch copy inspo folder on Gmail. Yep. <laughs> and so, um, you know, I'm always observing and I'm like, again, because I'm a sampler and I think sometimes people are scared to sample. Like, what if I do that and it looks like I'm sloppy or it looks like I'm all over the place. I will say I'm queen sampler. And I don't think people think that of me. I have a very zipped up brand from front facing what the public sees, but I kind of sample behind the scenes and don't go put an offer on my website. Then I see if I like that for a year, then I'll put the offer out. So for instance, I literally um, just launched a podcast pitching agency because I was tired of these PR firms charging $6,000 a month to place you on podcast. That ridiculous felt wrong. I had client after client who got suckered into these big promises of, from these big PR firms. And I'm like, I've done that. Like that can be done for a thousand dollars a month. And it's a win for the client, a win for my team. So I kind of, I, I actually tried to give that service to people I met along the way. I'm like, you should do this. I found some podcast pitching people that weren't that right, but they weren't delivering the results I knew that I could personally get. So finally I was like, fine, I'm just going to build it myself, but I'm only going to build it if I can outsource it and have a team from the beginning. So I did, but it was a year of sampling it, mm-hmm. testing it, deciding, no, I don't want to do that maybe I could do it if I did it this way, like lots of testing. It was never a front facing offer for me until a year of really doing it behind the scenes for clients I already had relationships with like, Hey, let me just do this for you. I think I can get better results. And then I made it an offer. So I think give yourself permission to test. You don't have to go slap a page up on your website, Mm -hmm. advertising something you think could change in three months. But if you want to give it a whirl, just do it behind the scenes for people you already have connections with that you might be able to serve or test it for yourself and then go from there. Yeah, it's it's so important to test and sample. That's a great point. Sometimes I get really scared, you know, in my business, marketing can take so many different turns. And with me, you know, there's so many different areas that I love to help people on, but then new stuff happens, you know, like podcasting started becoming a thing. And now I'm like, holy crap, this one blog post about podcasts is blowing up and all this other stuff that I've spent years on is like kind of, eh. but you just have to sample, like you were saying, and just experiment, meet your people where they are and want to help them. Totally. Yeah. So important. So tell us about how we can keep in touch with you. And I know you mentioned you have a book coming out, so you'll keep us posted on that. Um, Do you have any kind of free goodies that we should have or be aware of? Totally. I have kelseychapman.com slash radiant mail. I worked with my friend Morgan Harper Nichols on this beautiful radiant manifesto. And if you go drop your email, I will, in it, your address, uh, I will mail you one in the mail. So I just over. did that. Oh, good. <laughs> I gotta get some out. I actually need to go and get some out. Um, <laughs> so sometimes I send out my batches of radiant mail, like once a month, but yeah. I, um, I really, I love getting that into people's hands to serve as encouragement. You can find me on all the socials. Um, Kels Chapman on Instagram is primarily where I hang out. Awesome. And I will link all of this stuff in the show notes, you guys. Kelsey, thank you so much for being on the podcast. This has been fantastic. 
Thank you for having me. It was such a joy. Of course. And bloomers go out there and bloom boldly wherever you're planted. And remember, you've got this and I've got you. Did that go by too fast? No worries. You can always find me over at elizabethfleming.com. That's E-L-I-S-A-B-E-T-H-F-L-E-M-I-N-G.com for more information about my programs and how to take your learning further with me. There's also a free marketing checklist that you can get your hands on right now if you'd like. So head over to elizabethfleming.com for more. And if you loved this episode, I would love it if you left a review in return. It helps so much. So tell your friends about it. If you want to share it on social, the official show hashtag is Brandon Bloom Pod. And you can also tag me everywhere. I'm at Ms. Liz Fleming. That's M-S-L-I-Z-F-L-E-M-I-N-G. Everywhere on social media. Thank you so much for tuning in and I will see you next time.